0: Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Happy Valentine's, right? Praise the Lord. Is Valentine I'm an advocate for singles. Yeah, single lives matter. What is it, sir? What's, what's all the pepe about? Don't mind us, Joe. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Please bow your heads. And let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your for the wisdom in your word. We are Do us of your word and we're ready to do, to grow, to be built. We're not here for just a conference, a secular meeting. We're here for your spirit so that we can receive strength from within and wisdom for application. And thank you because you are birthing strong relationships and godly homes in this ministry. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen and amen. So welcome to Love Code Conference 2021. I want you to pay close attention. All oh, right, get excited. That's good. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to pay rapt attention. This is very likely my only teaching throughout this series. Don't ask me why. <laughs> you know, and so I love God conferences every year. We take it as an opportunity to address the subject of romantic relationships, and it's so important for so many reasons. First and foremost, um, because of the average demography of our church, um, in the next six years, uh, let me say 10 years, um, most of you will make life-changing marital choices. So you are actually at a very sensitive position in your life. Um, and as people who care about your progress in every aspect of life, is something to really take seriously. Also, romantic relationships is a teaching in God's Word. It's an aspect in which our faith in the Lord Jesus must be manifest. And so the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So our relationship with the Lord must find expression in our marital choices and decisions and how we live therein. And that's so important. And final reason why we have this conference is your choice will affect your purpose. It will definitely affect your purpose No matter the destiny on your life, the wrong person in terms of marital choice can hinder your purpose in life. It can. And that's why this is such an important subject to discuss. And you see, the desire for romantic relationships is earlier than many of us remember. I want you to be honest here. How many of you had crushes in primary school? Raise your hand. All right, thank you for your honesty. How many of you ever wrote a love letter or anything of that sort? Um, if so, doxology. You know, childhood crushes are the most fascinating thing to <laughs> watch. And you know one of the most popular triggers of childhood crushes? Bright Outre. You see that page boy, ring bearer and page girl thing has cost a lot. How many of you crushed, I mean, you crushed on someone who did that thing with you? Raise your hand. Thank you for your honesty. My hand is up. Just so that you don't have a high priest that is not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember the last one I saw. I seen this guy and this girl. By the time they got to the reception, it was as if, you know, and then ironically, the ring bearer is the one holding the ring. So it's so symbolic, like, yeah, I'm doing this. <sighs> you know? As <laughs> so the guy at the reception, you know, he was so protective of the girl, and then they didn't bring her own meal first, so he gave, her, gave, her, gave up his own, and he was making all those moves. Anywhere the lady wants to go, he will hold her hand and you will be walking. I was like, you say, oh, because you're not the parents, but the parents say, like, come on, remove your hand. <laughs> What's what's that? Go and read your book. What's two times two? (laughs) And you better not get it wrong. But I said all of that to say this. You see, romantic relationships and the desire for it is um, very early, a very early memory in our hearts and in our minds. And in fact, we stumbled into it. Like we just went to school one day and discovered that there's someone that we like in a special way. And all of that, and it is only as you begin to mature that you actually begin to learn about love. Your earliest memory of love or your earliest perspective of love is a flow that you just yield to, not really something that you learn consciously. And love must be intentional, you see. So at some point in our lives, there has to be that radical shift, something that we flowed with all our lives, we must now control. And it's easier said than done. Because there is something about love um, that we think psychologically, emphasis on psychologically, has to be spontaneous and magical. It's almost as if if you are thinking about it too much and being logical about the details, you ruin the fun. There's something about the excitement, you know, of ah, the spontaneity. Have you ever been in a a position where your head is saying no and your heart is saying yes? That's the kind of thing we're talking about. And this is what makes teachings on romantic relationships so difficult. The reason is simply this. You're already programmed to go with the flow and not to think too deeply about it. And so there is already a divide in your mind where no matter how great the sermon is, you are taking notes and saying, ah, That makes sense. That makes sense. But when it comes to the practical, you still follow the butterflies. And so it's a problem. It's very frustrating for a preacher to teach on things like this because sometimes they're just like, are they listening? Because because when you finally get to counsel people who have made relationship decisions, sometimes they're like, did you not hear what I said? And it's something that you have to fight in your life. That emotions you have to bring it under subjection and control it. Give it a proper environment so that it can be healthy. The relationships are built. The emotions are beautiful, but if they control you, and if you leave them to run wild, you're not going to like what you come up with. That's just what I'm telling you. You see. um, Two years ago, for the first time, I gave this illustration, and it's still so profound. Even the childhood cartoons, when you examine the childhood cartoons, (laughs) you're just like, logically, and this is a spoiler alert, I'm about to ruin some childhood memories, but we have to talk about things like this. So we watch Snow White, and she's born, and they bring fairies to cast some spells, which already is weird, but hey some spells on her in the name of blessings and then one bad fairy comes uninvited and then casts a spell and says, at the age of 21, you're going to die. But there is a final fairy that is late to the party and then she has the chance and the opportunity to use her own spell to reverse what that other wicked fairy had done. And she says, yeah, yeah, maybe you will die. But then you'll be awakened by true love's first kiss. You know, when you watch that, you're like, "Oh, this is what makes emotions so powerful and potentially dangerous. There is only one other thing in the world that has that power, and that's music. Music, have you noticed, the right music can make you sing what you will never say? It just bypasses your logic. Because when you think about it logically, you realize it doesn't make no sense at all. That, I mean, a Prince Charming finds himself in the forest and he sees a dead woman. And he walks to her and kisses her. There's a name for it. It's called necrophilia, which is a very satanic thing, you know. So, I mean, emotions can make us say, oh, for something that is cringeworthy. And I can make an argument on whether children should be left to watch that thing or not. And Now, as I'm saying this, some of you subconsciously can tell you what's going on in your mind. Oh, Pastor, are you not taking this too far? If that was happening in your mind, be honest. Wave at me like this. Be honest. Nobody? Thank you. Thank you for that honesty. Like, it, I mean, it's not, it's not that deep. You just kiss a dead woman. <laughs> 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 but it is what it is. There's another one. And there's a name for that one to bestiality listen to put things in context it's a different thing if when that lady died in the forest they went to call the, pri- the prince who is a believer there is glory mighty working power walking <laughs> wait now you need to raise the dead my mouth they kiss you know <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a different thing I, I want to help a lady out you know bring her out of that you know, but he's just wandering. He's just lost and then sees a dead woman and then is drawn to her to kiss her. Oh, wrong now. Oh, wrong. <laughs> no matter how you say it. And then think about this other one who falls in love with the beast. And that's romantic beauty and And um, you know? <laughs> And then at the end of it all, she kisses an animal. Mind you, it's not as if anyone told her, you know, if you kiss him, everything. She, She actually genuinely fell in love. So many stories like that, frog prince and all of that. And so, subconsciously, you have a perspective of love, which is more accurately the illusion of love. Than actual love. Love <laughs> is more intentional and more practical and will demand more sense from you, a little more sense. And that's why some of you you enter into relationships and you're wondering by the I mean the third week, what is what is happening? This is not the way I envisioned it. Welcome to the real world. Because unlike the cartoons, that lady's hair will not be, you know, perfect like that, even when the wind is blowing. You, have to, you will have to learn to see beneath the beautiful and love what you see. That's the training that some people are not ready for. And the training that relationship and marriage desperately needs. Please, are you with me? Easier said than done. said logic contradicts our subconscious perspective of love. We prefer something spontaneous and magical. Yet, we must function with our brains also and be intentional. Here is the thing. As someone who is already a professional crusher, you've been crushing since you were a child from your mother's womb, Are used to going with the flow. So when it comes to reading an actual book on relationships, somewhere in your mind, especially guys, they're like, it's the I can handle this. <laughs> what are they going to tell me? Some even make jokes about aspire to acquire. You know, have you seen people who make jokes? But you're gonna need it. You need to read up on it. You might be book smart, but you need to be love smart. Guess what? You might be church smart, but you need to be love smart. Ladies, am I speaking for you? I'm going to have a special conference with the guys and we'll teach toasting. That's what I'm going to teach. Some of on the forehand. Horrible toasting that I've I've seen in this life. Someone asked my sister out and when it was, when it was done, he asked her, said, Did I toast you well? <laughs> True life story. another time she went to a church, and then, you know, all those prophecies that all those, in seven days, some of you are meeting your life partner, all those kind of things. So as she was going from the church, someone grabbed her and said, I don't want, she said, if I slap, (laughs) I mean, even if if you see someone you like and you feel she's the one, why will you grab her? Guys need to be taught a lot in the church and the body of Christ. For God's sakes, literally. But here is what you need to know. For the uptick time, you've heard it a million times. This is not a game. This is not a Cinderella story. When you're watching those cartoons, you put logic aside because it's it's just a feel-good, you know, in the whole village, nobody was in the real size. <laughs> <laughs> she was the only one wearing size 37 in the whole village. They tried, 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 tried. They're not the one. <laughs> no, it says, but you like it. And it's okay. But when you're coming to real life, be sure to apply. You will need it. This is not a joke going to be married, God willing, at least six decades. That's a long time. Seven decades. Eight decades. That's a long time. Some of you will be married four times the age you got married. I mean, think about your entire life. Times four. It's a long time. It's a long time to be (laughs) with the wrong person. As a pastor, I've been through a lot. I'm tired, you know. I'm not going to beg for anybody. Do you understand? Do you understand? But thank God, God has given us such a great testimony in church. But I've had to go out of my way for people. In counseling, I've had all kinds of things. And for God's sakes, I'm telling you, church people, laugh all you want, but listen to what I'm saying. This is not a game. It's not a game. You're going to need to be intentional. I want to read to you a text that you know very well, but the context I'm going to bring out of it will change your life. Because, like I said, this is not a game. And don't succumb to the pressure of social media, this Valentine, and everybody's wearing red in the mall. It takes more than that. Don't let anybody with all those name tags, single pringle, own it with your chest. Now, single, I single, I know cute person. Huh? You're going to need it like, like, I'm actually really, really serious. Enjoy your process. Enjoy your process. Look at Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18. You know, we always emphasize the first verse here, like verse 18. But there is something to learn about Adam. I dare say the first principle of choosing right in marriage from Adam. Very important. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, you know fowls, the musician, just playing, fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Pay attention. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was their name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam was not found a help meet for him. Oh God, listen, 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 listen. You know what Adam showed us? I would rather not have than get it wrong. This is the first principle that we learn from Adam in marriage. Yes, it is not good that man should be alone. But the Bible says the Lord God formed every beast of the field and brought them to Adam to see what he will call them. Adam looked, gave them names, defined all the relationships in his life. This one is my colleague at work. This one we just hang out, we just play FIFA together. This one we just go to the mall. She's very good with with styling. So I like to shop with her. But this is not my, my spouse. And listen, if I've not found what I'm looking for, I will wait and it's okay. Are you listening to this? Adam was willing to wait. You, you are even in the better shoes because what you're looking for is still somewhere. You just haven't found it yet. Adam looks, there was nobody in the world that met his requirements, he, yet he refused to settle. I would rather be alone than settle. That's what you learn from Adam. Are you getting this? So God had to put him into a deep sleep and to make, are you getting this? This is such an important principle. I would rather be alone than call an animal my spouse. Because some of you, the way you are going, you go, marry, go to. hmm Pay attention. God brought all the animals <laughs> to Adam to see what he will call them. Don't call cow bull. That might be the sound the cow is making. Boo. That's not your bull. Are you listening to me? Don't marry a dog out of pressure. Don't marry a snake out of pressure. Someone wear a disguise as a snake. I like the fact that he says he gave names to all of them. You can define the relationships in your life, but still be particular about who you want to spend the rest of your life with. And if you have to wait, wait. And you'll be okay. Whatever name Adam gave the animals, that was their name thereof. But for Adam was not found a help meet. Which leads me to my next point. It is okay to be class conscious. There was no help suitable. That's not what I'm looking for. Ah, you, you, you're trying, but this is not what I'm looking for. It's okay. The only scenario where it's not okay to be class conscious is if you are not ready to match the class that you want. There has to be that balance. Are you getting what I'm saying? Balance of expectancy. You have to be able to be the speck of the person you want. But apart from that, it is godly to be class conscious. Godly. I'm not because, I'm not because there's no woman going to end up with a goat. no. suitable. Help meet. So crucial. Praise the name of the Lord. So it is okay to know what you want. Maybe you should even write it down. What, What do you want? What do you expect? What are your expectations? So that you will make the first date count. You will ask the right questions. I don't know what I want. And when it comes to choosing, yeah, quite all right. You're very likely going to choose someone who is still in his formative years. Many of us are used to seeing people who are more or less finished products, and we're trying to beam those expectations on the people around us. But chances are that the person who is asking you out will not have the, the kind of money that your boss in the office has. He has his own process. He has his potentials and all of that. But it's still not as straightforward to say, okay, just go for someone who has potential. It's not, it's not, it's not enough. And I watched someone talk about this some, some time ago. And he said something brilliant. He was talking to a crowd of people. And he said, You see, virtually all of you here have the potential to lead a Fortune 500 company. He says, Nonetheless, if you go to a Fortune 500 company and you apply, They just might not take you yet, some of you. The reason is, potential is one thing. But if you're going to get admitted, if you're going to get employed into such a company, you're going to have to qualify. So you're going to have to take your potential and do something with it. Take it to school. Get some skill. Master something. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because guess what? Marriage is not for potential. It's for doers. You can't pay house rent with potential. You can't pay school fees with potential. So, even if there's a lot you are hoping for, there must be something that is already working. There must be a process. And so, even if I can't really tell how great you would be, but I can judge from the consistencies of the decisions in your life. Someone put it this way: He said, marry people's decisions. This is so important. So you're allowed to be class conscious. You're allowed to say, you know what? I want a guy who is not lazy, who can walk. I want a lady who can do this, who can do that. You're allowed. Yes, some people have unrealistic expectations. That's a teaching for another day. But some people have no expectations whatsoever. Have you ever seen some people dating and you're like, how in the world? Anyways, you're all going to pretend like you don't know what I'm saying, right? This is so important. You allow allowed to be class conscious. Because when it all comes down to it, marriage follows the basic principles of team building. You are literally forming a team, making a team with someone. You're going to plan together, make decisions together, and it's just sensible that you know who you're working with. You have to be intentional about that. So you see the person's decision-making processes. A lady who submits to someone who has a leadership problem will be in trouble. Have you seen people who just make radical choices? You know, some people, or maybe anger. The boss just talks to him somehow. He gets angry. He says he's not doing it again. You have children because of anger. Oh shame on Ah! Huh? See those things. You might like it when you are dating. He's, he's such a man. He can't. <laughs> I like the way he speaks his mind. But when you have responsibilities, you have to learn to balance things well. So watch all those things. Watch all those things. Because if you marry someone, you know, with bad choices, it will affect you. You have been telling him, you know, all this, the way you drive, you need to drive better. Or maybe even has a drinking problem. For some reason, you've not done anything about that. It's, it's one of the saddest things in this world. When people with their carelessness, you just, it just hurt other people, the people who care about you. But because of a moment of foolishness, now you go to be with the Lord, you leave children behind. Lord, so you see, when it comes to team dynamics, even in the Old Testament, God was very particular. And he put some rules in place. And those rules were just types and shadows of something deeper he had in store for his church in the New Testament. I want us to go through some of them. Look at Leviticus chapter 19, verse 19. Leviticus 19, 19. Leviticus 19, 19. He says, you shall keep my statutes, and thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. So even in agriculture, this is a concept. Animals of different natures are not supposed to plow together. One of them is going to bear too much burden. There's going to be an imbalance in terms of capacity. Saying, "Don't do that. Don't do that." Look at Deuteronomy twenty-two ten. Deuteronomy twenty-two ten. Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two verse ten. Everybody, read this together. Want to go? shall not plow with an ox and an ass together. They don't have the same strength. They don't have the same height. They don't, the burden will, there will be an imbalance of burden. The pressure will be more than one animal. One will be weak and die. And then this principle of agriculture is used in marriage. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul says, be not unequally yoked, which is plowing, a plowing term. Don't, you know, the same way an ox and an ass should not plow together, it says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness and communion with light, communion had light with darkness and what conquered had Christ with Belial or what part had he that believed with an Infidel, and what agreement had the temple of God? Who is is the temple of God? Where is the temple of God? Is it Jerusalem? Point at the temple of God, let me see. That's you and I, right? And so you know he's talking about marriage now, not just business. In fact, he's not talking about business at all. He says, What agreement had the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And as he has said, I will dwell in you and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherever come out from amongst them. Let me say this to you. I think I said this last week or upper week. Um, There is this company I stumbled on on Facebook. They have a Facebook page. It's called Gospel Tunes. So they are animators and they just use graphics, cartoons to teach God's word. And... I saw this graphic that changed my life. Two children were playing in a big field, and that field was separated with a boundary like a barricade. Oh, just a fence. And they were playing, and one of them said, Why would they say we must only play here? Why is there a fence? Let's see what is. On the other side and on the fence, I like what they did. They put um, the principles of God's word on the fence. That was what it was symbolic of. Many times we just see God as a killjoy. Why will you say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this? All the fun things you are saying, don't do. Not realizing He's doing it for your own good. God is restricting me. I don't like it. And so these guys ran to that fence and when they were just feet away they jumped only to realize that it was they were at a cliff it was a cliff and so that fence wasn't to restrict them but to protect them from falling and many times the principles of God's word are like that and from a logical I mean from a social standpoint some people might say why would you say to people who just fall in love cannot be in love and just move on with it but God has principles and this is one of them do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. He says, you are the temple of God. Don't take God's temple to unite it with an idol. That's what he says. You are too sacred for that. Too special for that. What am I talking about? Class consciousness. And this is at the very basic level. One should think that we shouldn't even have to talk about this. But these days, we need to talk about things like this. However, if I were to tell you that the only thing you need to be class conscious about is faith, (laughs) I'm lying to you. If you think that just because the person is Christian, therefore, he will be the right choice, she will be the right choice, you are in for a rude shock. Because guess what? Even believers have so much to learn. So much to learn. So much to learn. And it's such, it's such a serious issue in the body of Christ. We have, to dis, we have to discuss it. Listen, when the Word of God says, if you have faith to move mountains, and you can speak in tongues of men and angels, And even give your body to be burnt and have not love. Don't think he was saying something that is not possible. It is possible. It is possible. And so many people, marriage exposes their immaturity. That you can be so high in spiritual gifts and the basics of love. Sharing the love of God with people you still don't know. And so there's still a lot to learn as a believer. You know, I was at a Bible school. Not a real Bible school, but like a Bible program. It was supposed to last 14 days, you know. And during break, I was talking to someone who was a pastor. This was years ago. This was 2007. And this guy, he, I mean, considerably, he traveled to attend this Bible course. But he didn't tell his girlfriend he was going to be away. And she had been wondering, she had been trying to reach him, she couldn't reach him. Hello, sorry, I just need some time to seek the Lord. I'll get back to you or something. No communication whatsoever. And understandably, the lady was angry and sent him a message talking about how irresponsible he had been and all of that. You know, and he saw the message and he just told me about it and he just, he's, imagine how she's talking to me. Doesn't she know I'm a spiritual leader? Ah. So... You know, then I was still young, very, very young. I'm talking about 2007, and it was just like who listening to all the friends of Job and saying, "I thought that age should bring wisdom, you know." <laughs> but there is a spirit in man, <laughs> you know. So now I know it's not by experience; it's by inspiration. <laughs> because I'm just like ah, problem good deal." voila, wow, eh? I'm a spiritual leader. I looked at him, he he wasn't joking. Now I can talk about this because of course, I'm sure he he has outgrown that and all of that, but there's still a lesson in that somehow, we use religion as a mask for the fact that we're so poor with people's skills. And it gets horrible, you might might function well as a service, service unit leader but when you now carry someone to put in the house you frustrate the person and whilst they are at it you are still very fervent in your devotion prayerfully abusive These are real issues I hope you're aware It's a problem So Christians too have a lot to learn. I'm going to share with you a text. Turn your Bibles, Acts 13. This is going to change your life. Pay attention to this. I'm talking about Christians having to go a step further to learn more about relationships, all right? This is a text you know very well. Acts chapter 13 from verse 1. But it's going to change your life. Pay attention to this. Acts 13:1. All right. Look at this with me. The Bible says, In the local church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius the siren, um, Manin, a close friend of Herod the tetrarch, and Saul, verse 2. Everybody read together, one, two, go. This is so cool, right? Imagine you had a leading or an approval of a relationship like this, with names. Profound ah. And you know why many of you desire this type of encounter? It's because you feel if you have it, you know that the marriage will last. Yes or yes. That if God can just say this is the person, then the marriage will work. Wrong. And this is a typical example God said, Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. God said, meaning that ministerial partnership was the will of God. Guess what? They fought. And they separated. You, maybe it never occurred to you that later we started hearing Paul and Silas. It, that song, is it Paul and Barnabas? They pray. Is it Paul and What does the song say? Paul and who? So what happened? a fallout the bible says there was a sharp contention between them look at acts chapter 13 no 15 acts 1539 acts 1539 there was such a sharp disagreement that they parted company and barnabas took mark with him and sailed off to cyprus you see that Do you know what that means? It means it is possible for you to have a divine encounter. God says, this person you have been giving attention, I approve of it, this is the person you should marry. And maybe there are supernatural signs, maybe as you were walking one day, supernaturally petals fell on your head. Or something like that. Or you were just holding hands and all of a sudden, ah, engagement ring. So, No matter how dramatic it is, if you don't put in the work, it will still fail. Are you listening to me? So God said, separate Paul and Barnabas for the work I have I called them to work together. And they couldn't. They couldn't. Because in all you're getting, you must develop the people's skills so that you will not be driving and then notice your wife is quiet and say, honey, any problem? And you say, "Mm, mm -hmm, nothing. You now say, okay. Ah, (laughs) it's not okay. (laughs) Have you seen people zero emotional intelligence? Zero, like all the signs. There was a young guy in school. He was, we were together and some other people were there and he was trying to tell me something. And I didn't want them to know what he was saying. So I was giving him a sign. You know, as I was giving him a sign, he said, eh, eh, eh. I said, get out. <laughs> some people don't just, they don't get it. He said, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I said, bro, ha. Ah. Get to work. Read about it. Learn about it. Be patiently study. First of all, study the opposite sex first. You know, there was a guy who was at the beach in Hawaii. How how is it pronounced? Hawaii, right? Hawaii, right? I was just testing, I know. So. it's okay, okay, I am sorry. <laughs> and, you know, and, and God spoke to him, said, son, ask me anything and I'll give to you. I said, you know, Lord, if you can make a bridge from this beach in Hawaii to New York, I would really appreciate it. That's my request. And there was a long, you know, God said, no, 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 how? Ask something else. What kind of ridiculous request is that? People can build a bridge themselves if they want to ask me something. And I said, Okay, God, I, um, I want to understand women. Then there was a long pause. So, God, are you there? He said, oh, How many lanes do you want on the bridge? <laughs> 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 he said, How many lanes? Sometimes you just should be. I asked you, is there any problem? You say no. I now moved on. You are now angry. <laughs> Ladies, a complex species, you know, you can be with a lady chilling, then she now zones off in her mind. Imagines, <laughs> wait now, wait now, let me learn. Imagines that you cheat on her and how she will respond. Then she will now be angry real life (laughs) as if you have already done it. (laughs) It's a complex species. (laughs) However, very wonderful species. Yeah. Let me tell you something. It's a tougher job to be a woman. If you have been to a labor room you will understand. If I mean, we look at especially people who are good mothers and still manage to keep a good career. Respect them. Respect, no, my, my wife has been away this weekend. <laughs> That's all I was saying. <laughs> you know, I just looked at these children like, when I go, frustrate me. What's, what's all this? <laughs> And I'm great with kids. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But listen, there's a lot of work to do, a lot of learning, a lot of learning. And the learning will actually never stop. So, in all your laughing, please take this seriously. Hallelujah. And one thing that affects relationships. Is the baggage in our past. Either baggage or garbage. Both apply. I read a book that told a story. I think the book is by Jordan Peterson, and it told a very interesting story about oysters. And how they fight underwater, just normal primitive behavior. They have to fight for food, compete for limited resources, food, shelter, babes, and all of that, I'm sorry, (laughs) the animals. And here's the thing, the physiological construct of an oyster tells a story about the, the victories in his life. It's amazing. Do you know, subconsciously, humans can be like that too? If you're not as confident, you avoid eye contacts. Your handshakes are not firm. We don't even understand how our confidence affects the way we behave. But you see that more obviously with oysters. And it was discovered that, I mean, they have their brain just out there in their head. And guess what? When an oyster maybe fights for shelter and loses, or fights for, for, for the right to mate with someone and loses, it's physiological construct must change to accommodate failure. This is so powerful. There is a brain and a kind of the chemicals in the brain send vibes of strength and victory. But when it loses, that brain will die. And a smaller, weaker one will grow. Now, human beings don't have that kind of exoskeleton with a brain out there and all of that, but this happens psychologically to people. The more you lose in life, and guess what? Those oysters, when they have a smaller brain, it affects their willingness to go out there and dare the things they could do before. They are less likely to fight less likely to compete, less likely, it just just constrains and limits them and many of us have that issue. The more we fail in life, the more unwilling we are to try new things. And the same thing happens in relationships, that the present relationships or the future relationships will suffer because of the failures of the past. This happens especially with ladies. You keep saying That ex that cheated on you or lied to you in this present guy. There's a constant comparison. And you're not even willing to be as patient as you would normally be. Because the moment you see the slightest symptoms of that former person, and this person is more teachable, but you're not going to go through the process anymore. You are done. And you wonder why Jesus will meet someone at the well who had been married five times, still had a boyfriend. You don't understand? Because even statistically, when you divorce once, you are more likely to divorce a second time. Statistically. Because really, many people don't actually heal from their pasts. They just don't know it. They just don't know it. Some of you, it's not even your um, personal experience. You, maybe you, you lived in a house and daddy treated mommy bad. And you vowed silently, no man will treat me like this. And so the moment a good man, you know, a good man is just trying to, or maybe it works vice versa, maybe a good lady is just trying to be herself, you just react. And those are things that you have to work on. I've seen many people become shadows of themselves because of the experiences of their past. One of the greatest mysteries I can't understand in this world is a beautiful lady who doesn't know who she is, you know. I try to avoid conversations like this, but when this lady, I, I, I said to someone I was counseling recently, I, I had to say something. I said, sorry, you, you don't have a mirror in your house, do you? I said, I do. I said, is it broken? Why are you allowing guys to treat you like this? I said, you love the Lord, you're beautiful, you're smart, you have a good job. You... Why? Do you know who you are? But many people struggle. See, one of the greatest things the devil has done against the body of Christ is to allow us to have homes without present fathers. Can I tell you something? Ladies hardly recover from that. They don't even know. They don't even know. But I'm here to tell you, you see, one unique thing about the ministry of Jesus is, ironically, many of the ladies who drew close to him were ladies who had been cheated so many times. Ladies who had been through a lot emotionally, been through a lot in marriage, and they found solace in Christ. And that's why when Jesus saw that lady who had been married five times, still had a boyfriend, he didn't see someone, he saw beyond someone who kept making wrong marital choices. He saw someone who was looking for satisfaction that can only be found in Christ. Are you getting this? And so he said, I have water to give you that if you drink, you will never thirst again. And that's what we really need. Maybe we need to fix first and foremost our foundation in the Lord. We've allowed the opinions of people affect us, affect our confidence. Now we look at ourselves differently. But when we consider, you know, the love of Christ, he took on flesh, died for me, I must be special. There is more to me than people have realized. More to me than people are saying. He called me. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, no one ever looked at me and called me, maybe in my house, my dad was so strict, he never looked at me and called me princess, but God says I'm royalty, royal priesthood. Holy nation, peculiar people, I'm special. He says, I'm meant to show forth the praises of him who has called me out of darkness, meaning my life is supposed to be the epitome of beauty, the beauty of Christ's exemplify and demonstrate the beauty of Christ to the world so then I begin to dress better not to get anybody's attention but because of who I am in Christ I desire better for myself career wise not to get anyone's attention but because of who I am in Christ I desire to do better for myself for Christ's sake and then when I am whole and complete in Him. Interestingly, people will begin to see more beauty in me. Interestingly. And that will be nice, but still, myself worth to be in Christ. That's what God wants to build in you. That your confidence will be found in Him alone. Your assurance will be found in Him alone. Praise the Lord. So for those of you who have had um, a lot of difficulties in the past, this is the word of the Lord to you. It's time to heal. It's time to heal. And it's not going to come by people suddenly treating you differently. It is going to come by you embracing what God says about you. Praise the Lord, someone. Stand to your feet.